And uh, we want to be sharing this session. It's going to take a little bit of time. I'm going to lay some teaching out. And I want to talk about uh, diverse kind of tongues and interpretation of tongues. And uh, for some of you, you may have a little insight around this. I want to help you with this. And there may be some who have got no understanding at all about the gift of tongues and then wouldn't understand perhaps that there are two dimensions that God wants us to understand. One is personal prayer and the other is the operation of the gift. So what I'm going to do is first of all talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And I'll be focusing on the personal devotional gift every believer can receive. Then we will move and we will look at the uh, the uh, ministry gift or the manifestation of speaking in tongues with interpretation. We saw that listed in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7. The one of the list of gifts of the Spirit was speaking in diverse tongues with interpretation. But what I want to do, because some people aren't baptized in the Spirit, I want to help you in this session. Uh, anyone at the end of the session who is not baptized in the Spirit, we want to pray with you so you get filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues and have the devotional tongue. Then we'll do some exercises speaking in tongues. But also, we want to help you understand about tongues and interpretations which go together. So, this first part, we're going to talk just about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues, what it is and how to get it. And uh, those of you who are already filled with the Spirit, uh, I appreciate just your patience for the ones who are armed. And perhaps for some who are watching over the television on the internet, not baptized in the Holy Spirit, and today you'd like to be. It'd be great. We will pray with you as well. Okay then, so firstly I want to just open up several scriptures so they're not written down in your notes, you can just top them in somewhere. When you get to diverse kind of tongues in, in, uh, uh, in section 13, you can just in the corner there on the left hand side at the bottom, just jot a few scripture notes down. And so I want to share with you something that Jesus did and taught. <clears throat> so first, uh, I want to teach all the scriptures on it, just enough for you to get an outline. Jesus made it very clear when he was about to depart from this earth, that he would love, leave another comforter, the Holy Spirit. He made it very clear he was going to give them a person. The Holy Spirit would be released to them. He said in John 14, you've seen him with you soon, he will be in you. So Jesus made a promise before his death on the cross that the disciples would receive the Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of truth. He's the comforter. He will guide them into truth. He will reveal things to come. He will reveal Jesus. He said, I'm not going to leave you alone. So John 14, he tells us, I will not leave you alone. I will send you another comforter, the Holy Spirit. He's been with you, but now he will be in you. Very, very important. Now, following from there, we know Jesus died and rose from the dead. And then he appeared to his disciples. So we're going to read and pick it up from there. And we're going to look at some things Jesus did, some things he said. So here we are in John chapter 20 and verse... Uh, John chapter 20 and verse... Uh, where are we? There it is. Verse 21. Uh, he said, as he appeared to the disciples, he said, Peace be yours, my Father sent me, even I send you. And when he had said this, verse 22, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. Now, I want you to understand, he didn't just blow on them. He actually imparted, just as God breathed into Adam the, the breath of life, Jesus imparted into the disciples uh, his Holy Spirit. He released into them the Spirit of God. At that point, they were born again. He breathed in them and said, 
receive or take into yourself the Holy Spirit. Now, if I can just, uh, have, I just need someone to come. I'll get, uh, here, wait, why don't you just pop up here? And just so I can just demonstrate for you what I'm talking about here. Okay, just, uh, Brian would like to come just there. So I want you just to, uh, just, uh, if you can just give me a hand, I want you to close your eyes and look up and open yourself to the Lord. Now, what Jesus did was he didn't just breathe. He didn't do something like that. What he did was he imparted from his spirit. See, it's from his spirit, from the depths of his being. He released what he was authorized to release. He released the Holy Spirit to come into people. So he went like that, and something happened. There was impartation. They received an impartation. The Holy Spirit came into them. Thank you very much. Ready? What did you feel when that happened, by the way? You feel peaceful. Great, isn't that great? Okay, thanks very much. Now, you notice, I first of all just went, and nothing happened. Then I imparted. That's what impartation is. Something is impart. Something someone has, they release it to someone else. Jesus said in John 7, 37, he said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And he was speaking about the Holy Spirit. So God wants you to have a flow from your spirit. The first, you've got to be born again. So at this point, the disciples were born again. Now, I want to share with you two other scriptures. Uh, one is found in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. And <clears throat> uh, Jesus again appears to the disciples. And uh, let's see if I can find it there. Luke chapter 24. And... Uh, 49. And he said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Now notice he's already breathed into them the Holy Spirit. Now he says something else, the promise of the Father. He said, I send to you the promise of the Father upon you. Wait in Jerusalem till you be clothed with power from on high. So he's already breathed into them and they're born again. Now he's saying, Wait until you be clothed with power from on high. Okay? Now let's have a look in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, and we go into chapter 1, around about verse uh, 4, and it said, being assembled together with them, he commanded them they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Now they're born again, he's saying there's something else to wait for. For John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And when they were come together, they asked, well, when will this happen? When will you restore the kingdom to Israel? And in verse 8, he says this, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the utmost parts of the earth. So notice he has breathed and imparted into them the Holy Spirit. They're born again. Now he's talking about a second experience where the Holy Spirit comes on them and he uses words like baptize. That means you like when a ship sinks, it's baptized. It's totally immersed. It's immersed in water. Uh, if, you, if you had a, a garment and you put it into a tub of water, it's baptized. It's immersed or soaked or saturated. So he's saying you'll be baptized in the Spirit. You will be immersed into another dimension of the Spirit. Okay, he uses another word. He said you'll be clothed with power. He said there's something will come on you. You'll have the Holy Spirit come on you and your life will be clothed. Before, it's like you were unclothed. You were trying to do the job without the power. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll be clothed with power. You'll be wearing something. You'll be equipped 
or something. See? So notice he's quite clear what he's talking about. Now let's have a look when it happens, what actually happened. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there were one court in one place, there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house they were sitting, and there appeared cloven tongues like fire sat on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost, notice this, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And that amazed. Verse 12, everyone was amazed and were in doubt, saying to one another, what does this mean? And some mocked, saying they're full of wine, full of new wine. He said in verse 15, you're not drunk as you suppose. This is that spoken of by by the prophet Joel. It will come to pass in the last day, said God, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young men see visions, old men dream dreams. So what has happened is the spirit has come upon them. And the first thing that happened is they were filled up with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak or express from inside. Because what you speak, your words flow from your heart. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So being filled with the Holy Ghost, they gave voice to a language they had not learned. It was a language given to them by the Holy Spirit. And they were so overwhelmed by it, some of them were staggering around, laughing, and they were obviously like they were drunk. People, You look at someone, if they look drunk, then they're behaving a certain way. So, okay then. So, so we see now that, that, that he's imparted to them the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost now come on them in power. And the first sign is that they began to speak in tongues. In Acts chapter 10, verse 44, the Holy Ghost came on the Gentiles. They also began to speak in tongues. It's quite a common thing to find happening. In Acts chapter 10, the Holy Ghost came on uh, the house of Cornelius, and we find they began to speak in tongues. Let's have a look, uh, and we read it now. Uh, verse 44, while Peter spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word, and the Jews which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the Holy, the Gentiles were also, the Holy Ghost was poured out on them. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So there's at least two instances in the Bible. There are others, another one there, where the Holy Ghost came on people. They were filled. They began to speak in tongues. And they began to magnify God with that expression or experience they had. So what is this speaking in tongues? Because this is a gift that they all received. It was something that God gave to them as part of being clothed with power. If God has a gift to give you, then it must be important. And we need to understand a little bit about it. So what is this speaking in tongues? We'll go down and have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and get a little bit of understanding about speaking in tongues. So we read it in verse uh, 2. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God. No one understands him. In the spirit he's speaking mysteries or things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse 4, he that speaks in an unknown tongue builds up himself, but the person who prophesies builds up the church. Verse uh, 14, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So I'll pray with the spirit and pray with my understanding as well. And let's just look at the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues is a language. In order to communicate, you need language. You need language. Our ability to communicate is really a lot dependent on the language we have to communicate with. So if you don't know many words, like I went to Taiwan, and apart from Ni Hao, I knew very, very little uh, language. I could not express myself in, the lang in that culture without an interpreter, someone who could give me language. Okay? 
So in interacting in a new culture, I needed another language to enter, enter into it, into that dimension. So God gives you a gift because you're about to be immersed into another culture, into another realm, the realm of the Spirit, and you need greater expression. It's hard to just keep telling Jesus you love him, I love you, I love you. You run out of words. So God gives you a language that never runs out of expression. So the gift of tongues is the Holy Spirit. They spoke as the Spirit gave them the utterance. So you, your Holy Spirit imparts into your spirit the language and then you let go and surrender and allow that flow to come out. You are speaking in that language. So notice what it says in verse 14, when you speak in tongues, your spirit is praying. So your spirit has a voice. Remember we talked about the different aspects of your spirit? Your spirit has a voice. Your spirit has a mind. Your spirit can speak. When you're speaking in tongues, you're not working it out with your head. You are letting your spirit yield to the Holy Spirit and speaking out a language. It's a real language. Notice what happens. There's a whole number of benefits with that real language. You notice what it says in verse 4. When you speak in an unknown tongue, you are building up yourself like a house being constructed. So praying in tongues strengthens and builds and develops your spirit man. When you pray in tongues, you are, you are cooperating with the Holy Ghost directly and your whole spirit man starts to energize with life. It's a wonderful gift. Wonderful gift. It's very neglected. Speaking in tongues devotionally. You can pray any time in the Spirit because you just pray. The flow of the language just never stops. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of prayer. He's always willing to pray through you. So you can pray in tongues anywhere, everywhere, any time of day or night, wherever you're going. Keep your eyes open if you're driving. But you can pray in tongues, okay? <laughs> so, and, and when you're doing this, you are building up yourself is one thing. It tells us, tells us another thing. You are, you are energizing your inner life with the Holy Ghost. So when you pray in tongues strongly for a while, you'll feel your whole body start to energize up. Because you are expressing the life of your spirit. Remember what we talked? One of the functions of your spirit is to give life to your body. So start to pray in the Holy Ghost. You come alive with spirit life. It's fantastic. Okay, another thing we notice there is that when you're speaking unknown tongue, it says in verse 2, you're speaking mysteries. Well, that seems weird. Uh, it's a mystery because you don't know what it is. But when the Bible refers to mysteries, it's referring to the things of God's kingdom that he's wanting to bring into clarity for us. So one purpose of praying in tongues with your devotional tongue is to magnify God, to praise him. Another is to build yourself. Another is to speak out what God has for your life. So praying in tongues is a very powerful gift. Wonderful, powerful gift. In Romans 8 and verse 26, it says, Romans 8, 26, it says that we don't know what to pray nor how to pray as we ought. How many know that experience? But the Holy Ghost helps us. And that word help means he comes in and begins to join in with us as we make the effort. And he energizes, takes over and empowers all our praying. We don't know what to pray as we ought, nor how to pray, but the Holy Ghost helps us making intercession on our behalf or for us. So this is a work of the Holy Spirit. So there's a level of praying in tongues. I can pray quietly. I can pray strongly and stir my spirit man up. Or as I yield to the Holy Spirit, he may take over. And then there's a whole different language of groaning in the spirit, of travailing in prayer. There's whole dimensions of prayer available. 
So when you get baptized in the Spirit, baptism in water was meaning the end of your old life, the beginning of a new life. So you bury the old because he's died. There's a new person begun. Baptism in the Spirit is immersion into the realm of spiritual things, of spiritual experiences, of prophesying, of having dreams, of flowing in the supernatural. This is what the gift, that's why God wants to have people baptized in the Holy Spirit. The reality is many people having had an experience just peter out and, and don't persevere to get more to reach into more. There's a contending for these things because no way the devil wants you to operate in the supernatural. So there is the gift of praying in tongues. So how could I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? There's some very simple keys. I'll give them to you in, um, out of Mark. I'll just find them in Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. It's like everything you get. You get pretty well the same way. And uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Mark 11 and verse 24. There's a great scripture here. Here it is. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Uh, what could be clearer than that? Uh, Jesus' own words. Whatsoever things you desire. So notice now the keys in here. Number one, desire. I must want. I must want something. When someone is hungry and thirsty and wanting something, there is a draw and a pull into their life. Even, even when you're ministering to one another, if the person's hungry for you to help them, it draws out of you. It draws the life of God from you. So first thing is, if I come to God, I must come wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Number two, when you pray, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, you've got to ask Him. Now, you don't ask Him like this. Oh, God, if it be your will, then give me this. You know what will happen? He'll just say, without you hearing it, you really don't know what my will is, so how can you really expect to get anything? You actually need to know it's the will of God for you to be filled with the Spirit. So I need to know that. So I don't come to God saying, well, Lord, if you want me to have it, I'll have it. That is passive. It's religious. It's not how you receive anything from God. If you can receive anything from God, I have to extend my faith and believe it's for now, it's for me now. See? Now, that's a decision to push aside all the thing I'm not good enough or whatever. Listen, that's all your history talking to you. That's the demons talking to you. That's your brokenness talking to you. What is God saying? He's saying, I love you. I've accepted you. I want to fill you with the Holy Ghost. The gift is here. Will you believe? That's how he works. Oh, I don't know, Lord, if you want me to have it. I can see you're double-minded, and the double-minded man doesn't get anything. So when you ask, you've got to ask believing. And our believing is based on what we know God's word says. So Jesus said, wait, you'll receive the promise of the Father. Peter stood up and said, this promise is for you, for your children, and all who are far off. So this baptism of the Holy Spirit for every person. And the gift of tongues is for every person. Why? Because it's to empower us internally to help us in our spirit dimensions in our life. So here's the keys then. What's everything? Desire, when you pray, you've got to ask. Uh, desire, ask. Number three, believe you receive it. Believe that when you reach out, God will respond to you. Huh? He will give me this gift. Re believe you receive it. And then he says, you shall have it. So don't keep ask, 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 ask. Just say, God, I believe your word says that I can be filled with the Holy Ghost. I can have the gift of tongues. I choose to believe it. I believe you'll give it and you'll give it to me because you want me to have it. You want me to be a strong believer. See, the gift is to build you up. 
Now, to, to approach it, oh, well, I, I just think I, I'd rather have one of the greater gifts. Well, this is nonsense. It's just nonsense. You, God has got a gift to help you. I don't care how little the gift is. I'll have the littlest one, and then I'll have more. But if I ignore the little things he's giving me, I'll probably be very difficult to get more. So one of the things about praying in tongues is God gets a hold of your tongue so that now instead of your tongue being turned to all kinds of things, it's turned to magnifying God and turned to speaking a spiritual language. Very, very powerful. So number one, desire. Number two, ask. Number three, believe that as I ask, then four, receive. I've got a conscious here. The Lord, I just receive. And now, Lord, I just begin to speak in that new language. And I've got to take a step. Now, when you step out to speak, you don't stop to try and think, now, now what could I say? I'll make it sound like this. No, it's not, that's your head talking to you. Now, no, praying in tongues, you've got to tell your head, stop arguing with me. You've been running my life all my life. I'm flowing in the spirit now. And the proper balance is to live from your spirit with your head cooperating with your spirit, not ruling your spirit. When, you hit, when your mind, when the language of the mind is, your, your mind talks to you, it argues. It's like a lawyer. Oh, who do you think you are? Why do you think you have that? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, so when your mind is talking, it dominates, it argues, it reasons, it belittles, it judges. You've got to tell, put your mind in its right place, which is, oh, thank you. I see the word of God says that. I'll receive that. And I won't try and evaluate it because it's from my spirit. I'll just, just, uh, just let my mind focus on the Lord and I'll begin to worship him. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, it's probably best that we do this right now as a whole group. Some of you, I don't know which ones, aren't baptized in the spirit, speaking in tongues. This would be a great time to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Why wait any longer? Why wait any longer? Oh, well, I, I, I need to pray about it. No, you don't need to pray about it. You've read the scriptures. We've read them. You just need to receive. Okay. Uh, some reasonings going on. What? See, it's an interesting thing that Jesus said. Except you be converted and come like a little child, you don't enter the kingdom of heaven. And what he's saying is very simply this, that to enter the kingdom is to experience the benefits of what God has. To enter those benefits, he said, you need to be converted or to have a change so you become more childlike, not childish, childlike. Now, child is trusting. So for, for a child, if daddy puts, if they're up on the bench and daddy says, jump, I'll catch you, they say, yay, you know. But when you're, a, when you're an adult, you, you don't approach it like that. You see, if you're an adult and, and someone says, jump, I'll catch you, say, oh, I doubt it. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> see, wh why do we say that? Because we've had a lot of experiences which flavor what we think and we've lost simplicity and trust. Everything in the kingdom is about simplicity and trust. See? So coming into this is just a simplicity and trust. So I'm going to do this. In a moment, I'm going to lead everyone through a prayer to receive the Holy Ghost. Huh? And what we're going to do is going to follow through simple steps. It doesn't matter if you received or not. You can still all help us. We'll all work together on this. And if you're out there watching it on the television, wherever you are, you can all just do exactly what we do, and the Holy Ghost is going to come to you. You get filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues wherever you are be fantastic because God's not limited okay then so this is what we're going to do we're going to all in a moment we'll stand and then we'll close your eyes and you close your eyes you can get forget about yourself and forget about the people around you they're not looking at you they've got their eyes closed too then you can focus your attention on the Lord who's the giver of a good gift for you just set your attention on the Lord he's a generous loving good gift giver now remember how do you receive or minister things of the spirit by the hearing of faith if you just believe 
what we've read and shared from the word is true, it can happen to you. So how we'll work it is this. I'll lead you through a prayer and it'll go like this. We will ask the Lord for the Holy Ghost. We'll ask him for the gift of tongues and then we will receive by faith and thank him and then we'll all begin to speak in tongues together. So practically, I'll lead you in the prayer. You follow. We get to the end of the prayer, then just take a deep breath like you're receiving. <gasps> it's kind of like a physical action to demonstrate. It's like a, a, a faith action that you you're doing something physical, but the reality is a spiritual thing. I'm receiving from God now, and I'm going to just speak in tongues. All about I'm going to tell him how much I love him. I'm going to let that language of love just flow and flow and flow. Now, if your mind steps in, it'll argue and shut the flow. You've just got to tell your mind, no, be quiet. Just be quiet. Shut up. Just don't talk to me. Just I'm wanting to flow with the Holy Spirit and worship God. Are we okay to do that? Why don't we all stand up and we can help those who haven't got filled with the Spirit yet? You don't know who they all are. I don't even know who they all are, so therefore it's not going to matter. <laughs> are we ready? So when we close our eyes, let's lift our hands up to the Lord. If you're watching on television, you can lift your hands up to the Lord and we'll stand together as well. I want you just to follow me in this prayer. And we get to the end of the prayer, take a deep breath and then receive the Holy Ghost, receive a fresh anointing and be, let's all begin to speak in tongues. Okay, let's follow me in this prayer. Jesus, I come to you now. I want to receive the Holy Ghost. I want to be baptized in the Spirit. I want to receive the gift of tongues. So today by faith, I receive the Holy Ghost. I receive the gift of tongues. Thank you, Lord, for this gift. To praise and thank you. Amen. Take a deep breath. Receive the Holy Ghost. Let's begin to pray. That's right. Let the gift rise up inside. Okay, just stop. Just stop. We're going to start again in a moment. You can turn this gift on and off as you will. This one goes on and off at will. You decide to pray, you can pray straight away. Now, it requires, the Bible says, they prayed. They spoke. So it's no use waiting for God to make your mouth go. He won't make your mouth work. You make your mouth work. You yield, you speak. You say, well, I feel a bit funny doing that. Well, no one's listening except God. Just be funny in front of God. Don't worry about it. And just let go. And just stop being uptight and in control. Just let go and love on him. See, I remember when I first started praying tongues, my mind was arguing, saying, you're an educated man and you're babbling like an idiot. Stop. <laughs> and my spirit was saying, yes! Oh, joy! Glory! I could feel this battle going on inside. So I was walking around the block in Mount Eden. And I remember st stopping and saying, mind... Be quiet. This is doing me good. I haven't felt so much joy in a long time. Not without a glass of wine, anyway. <laughs> so, and it was a different kind of joy. It's a joy that bubbled up from inside. Not a joy you had to tank up and then you got a hangover. 
This is great stuff. So we're ready? So we're going to, on the count of three, we're going to pray in tongues strongly, loudly. You choose. Come on, pray. Let's pray strongly, loudly. If you give yourself a voice, let yourself be heard. All these years are put down and held down. Come on, let's have a voice to speak out in the gift of tongues. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's give the Lord a clap, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Great stuff. Now, when you're in a shower and there's no one around, you're praying tongues. You can sing in the Spirit as well. And, and start to give expression as much as you can to that language, and you'll find it becomes a flow like a river. And when you're in that flow, your spirit comes alive, you come alive. Don't, don't sort of just don't let uh, uh, heaviness and, and, and kind of inferiority shut you down. Whatever you do in God, do it strongly and boldly. Eh? I'll just show what I mean. Let's just give the Lord a clap, shall we? That's ready? Okay. Okay. All right. Stop now. Okay. Now, now that's good. Now, that's, that's, that's the base level. Now, the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Now, this time, I want you to put everything into it, not sort of polite clap, an English clap. Let's give, come on, uh, just a great shout of victory and triumph and clap the Lord who conquered sin and death and rose mightily from the grave. Come on, let's applaud this King of Kings. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Whoa. Okay, that's much better. Now, you notice that the whole atmosphere changes when everyone united begins to express the life of God. Everything changes. And see, anything that's done half-hearted never has many life on it. It's always, it's always got a death on it. It feels like it's, oh. You know, when people have happy birthday and they all sing, but they don't sing it really strongly, and you feel almost embarrassed for the person. One, they're singing to them, and two, they're singing so bad, you think, oh, God, this is shocking. Um, oh, it is so, not anything done half-hearted, no one's pleased by it, not even God. Okay? So when you do it with whole heart, passionately, just under him, there's a life comes in it. You can sing songs for 45 minutes an hour and have no release, and you just do this for 30 seconds with all your heart, the whole atmosphere changes. Because our body and our soul Hold back our spirit flowing. And so when you start to clap and shout and shake, yes, 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 and start to let go and start to give to God, then your spirit just rises and flows, just rises and flows. Now, most people live under, in New Zealand under passivity and apathy and heaviness. But again, in any kind of group, you can feel it in the group. But you can break it easily. Just keep on doing what we did now, shout. Do it one more time, shall we? 
Now, and this time, shout and pray in tongues as well. Do all you can. Just make a big noise. You want to go like that? Stamp your feet. You can stamp your feet as well. Want to shake your hand? Whoa! Come on. Just, just go wild for just 30 seconds. You know, we won't remember you were ever here. We'll shut down, you know. The camera has only got the back of your head. It's not seeing your face. So you can just go wild for 30 seconds, just worshipping God, okay? Ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah! Yes, Lord! Yes, Lord! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Now, you notice that how many feel the energy levels just shifted in your body straight away? If you were half asleep, you wake up just like that. You see, because it's really quite simple. Just work your body so it yields. Let your soul focus on the Lord. Just let your spirit flow and speak in tongues. Fantastic. Because what happens is the power of God starts to flow in you. Your life becomes energized. You practice doing that in your prayer times. Instead of just head down and... Oh, get alive! Speak strongly and pray strongly, passionately. You don't have to do it very long and you come alive. Okay? And uh, you can pray in other ways as well. But this will get you alive and get you going. Amen? And not only that, the power of God starts to flow in and through you. Your whole life becomes energized. The atmospheres begin to change. Uh, if you, the whole church does that, the whole atmosphere is completely different. See, but if they're all passive and shut down, it's just terrific. Oh, I just scream inside. I can't stand it. That heaviness and shut down religiosity. And God, you know, the Bible abounds with noise and celebration. David ushered in a whole new dimension of expressive praise and worship and dancing and rejoicing and celebrating. And in and, and the New Testament, uh, Peter prophesied, James prophesied, God would do that again. So that is, see, so sometimes we just bring our culture baggage in and we think that because that's our culture, that's normal. But heaven's full of shouts and trumpets and, and, and noise and rejoicing and celebrating. and There's joy unspeakable. It's expressive, full of life. And so just practice praying in tongues and giving more expression to your life with God. Okay. So we'll do it one more time. 15 seconds this time. Are you ready? One, two, three. Yay, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. <laughs> Whoa. Great stuff. Hallelujah. Okay, great. Give someone a hug and let's sit down there and... You get too excited now. That's not great. Okay, we, we still haven't got to where we wanted to get to, so we've done baptism in the Spirit and speaking in tongues. Now, you can pray in tongues all the time. That's your personal devotional language. And it builds you up. So we're going to go back now into 1 Corinthians 12 uh, and verse 7. 1 Corinthians 12. And we're in section 13, diverse kind of tongues and interpretation. 
and I'll move through this part reasonably fast now. But in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7, it talks about these. The manifestation of the Spirit's given to every man to profit with all, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, working miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. Now, this is not your devotional language. This is a gift. This is an operation of the Holy Spirit like the other gifts for a specific person or specific group. So not all may flow in tongues, interpretations as a gift. You understand that? Everyone has it as a devotional language, but not all might flow in it as a gift. And tongues with interpretations comes as a package usually. So if there's one, there should be the other. Otherwise, you haven't got a clue what's going on. So if someone prophesies, you know exactly God's building the church. If there's tongues, you can't understand it unless it's interpreted. And so this is not your prayer language. This is actually a manifestation of the Holy Ghost, diverse tongues as the Holy Ghost wills. Now, we'll go and have a look back into 1 Corinthians. Let's see if we can find it in chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels. Isn't that interesting? So it's quite the, the language that when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you manifest the gift of speaking in tongues with a, an, a, an interpretation, it is a language of men or it's a language of angels. So it's a language you're given. So I was talking with Doug, and he had prayed in a group, among a group of Chinese, and there was someone there who knew Hebrew, and he said, you have spoken in fluent Hebrew. He knew exactly what he was praying. So this is, an un, this is a, a specific demonstration of the power of God. In, on the, in the book of Acts, they began to pray in tongues. And as they prayed in tongues, for some of them, they were manifesting the sign gift of tongues. And people could hear them and understand them in their own language. So when the gift of tongues it's, is a language, it's a real language, so it has expressions. And so don't pray in tongues or any gift operation in a monotone, boring way, you know language needs to be interesting and alive and have expression have you in it not just we're talking like this and there's no expression you let life and vibrancy put yourself into it see? so the tongue of men and angels so tongues means a different kind of language it's a, a, a distinct language uh, sometimes the gift of tongues with interpretation uh, the tongues may be a language someone could understand sometimes the tongues may be a language understood by angels so clearly he said if i speak with the tongues of men or angels so Quite possibly he spoke with the tongues of, of angels at times. So uh, for, I'll give you a couple of examples of this. In Acts 2, they began to speak in other tongues, and everyone heard them speak in their own language. Now, you had people from all over the world, and everyone who came there understood something. Someone was praying. So how did that happen? That is supernatural. They've never learned the language, yet they're speaking, and they're speaking from their spirit, a language they didn't know, and someone understood the language. Most amazing gift, really, isn't it? We don't see much of that. We need to believe for more of that. Just to be able to pray and speak and someone from another language there and they are, whoa, you, you were speaking something I understood. Don't you, do you know my language? No, I don't have a clue. I just spoke in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so people in different cultures did understand them. It's quite an amazing gift. And I've heard of people going into places, uh, overseas particularly, and having prayed in tongues and actually someone understood what they were saying. It was their language. They recognized it. were quite astonished. They never learned the language. So the gift of speaking in tongues with interpretation is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit that comes on you at a certain time. It's for a purpose, to build the church. 
It could possibly also be an, a, a language of angels. Uh, and there's, there's a number of things in Scripture that talk about angels being activated. Uh, in Psalm 103, it says, uh, The Lord has established his throne in the heaven. Verse 19, His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you angels who excel in strength, who do his word, hearkening to the voice of his word. So when God's word is spoken on the earth, angels can a respond to that voice. I don't think we can command angels. I think that's a very uh, an area where there's not a lot in the Bible on it, so people have different views. But I do believe that there can be a ministration of speaking in tongues where angels understand what it is and can be activated because of it. So speaking in tongues can be a very, very powerful gift of the Spirit. Uh, so what is the purpose of speaking in tongues? In 1 Corinthians 14.22 it says, it's a sign gift to the unbeliever. So a person who has no understanding of anything spiritual, and you speak in a language and they understand it, boy, they know that's God. That's definitely a supernatural sign. It can be also, I think, for prophetic proclamations. We can be able to speak out in the spirit and decree and declare things. Uh, I think angels are released uh, many times by the speaking in tongues and activating that gift. Uh, it can cross language barriers. So again, for that gift to come on you, you'd need to desire to operate in that gift and then practice. I'd practice at home, letting the Holy Ghost come on you and then begin to speak out and, uh, and, uh, and, and so on. So uh, we should ask the Holy Spirit to give us the interpretation. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 27, I think it is, verse 27, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, they're talking about in a church meeting or in a group meeting, let it be by two or the most three, one after the other, and let one interpret. If there's be no interpreter, let him keep silence and let him speak to himself and to God. So that's quite an interesting verse. So notice there he's talking about two different things. He's talking about the gift of tongues in a group setting needs to have interpretation for it to build and benefit everyone. So we can all speak in tongues and just worship God together. But when there's a sign gift of tongues, like prophecy is a, sign, is a gift, when we have that gift, when someone needs to interpret or it doesn't have any meaning for anyone. So if a man speak an unknown tongue, let it be by two or three. So don't have everyone doing this, just one, two or three, and there needs to be an interpretation. And if there's no interpreter, then that's the interesting thing. If you've spoke out, you should pray you get the interpretation and you interpret it. So how about that? And he said, if there's no interpreter, keep silence and speak to himself and to God. So clearly, when you are speaking in your normal language of tongues, you're speaking to yourself and you're speaking to God. Very, very clear. So what about the interpretation of tongues? It's a gift that God gives you, just comes on you, and you can actually... Now, you, do you translate what was said? No, you don't translate it. Translating, you listen and phrase by phrase, you make sense of it. This is actually God gives you the inspiration. You just get the message and you just share with what God has given you so it's not a translation it just catches the spirit of what God is saying and so a person may give a tongues message but the interpretation is quite short or the tongues message could be quite short the interpretation could be a little longer it's got nothing to do with translation it's actually God is saying something by the spirit and here's the what it means by the spirit and together the two build up the church and they can activate things in the realm of the spirit so it's quite an interesting thing because when you flow in those gifts, it energizes and activates and creates atmosphere because God is released through the moving in those gifts. Great gift to desire, great gift to begin to flow in. But not so many flow in it and for a whole number of reasons. 
So what I want us to do is we're going to just do some activations together. And um, let's have a look. What time are we now? Uh, we're running out. We'll just, get, we'll just get you out on your feet for a moment. And I'm going to get you to do two or three activations and praying in tongues. And I want you just to stand with me. And we're just going to give you a couple of activations and praying in tongues. And I want you to experiment with what you feel and what you sense as we do this. Then we'll go back into our next session. I want to teach you about words and knowledge. And when we start off in the afternoon, whoa, table's falling over. Have a couple of guys come and help with the table. Got those legs. Okay, great. Girls don't know your own strength, all that praying in tongues. Goodness me. Even the table's collapsing under it all. Okay, I want to, Sergeant, if we get the air con on, it's starting to warm up in here now. Maybe able to cool the room down a bit. Okay, here's what we're going to do so you can make a bit of space for yourself. We're just going to, I'm going to give you a few exercises just in praying in tongues. And uh, what I want you to do is I want you to experiment with what you sense and feel as you do this. I want you to feel the flow inside. So first of all, we saw that praying in tongues, you pray as the Holy Ghost gives you the word. So you can pray, and we're going to pray. On the count of three, we'll pray. We won't pray more than 30 seconds, just 30 seconds. And when you're praying in tongues, once you put your hand on your belly, I want you to pray strongly in tongues, building up your own spirit man. And as you pray in tongues and speak strongly to yourself, I want you to sense what happens inside you, what you feel in your body as you do that. We ready? Okay, one, two, three. Okay, stop. Just stop now. Okay, now, what did you experience as you, what did you sense as you prayed? What did you feel? Lots of energy. Okay, very good. Something rising up inside you, yes? Something right, like something you were rising on the inside. Anyone else? Something you felt. Okay. Bubbling on the inside. How do you feel like you're expanding, like you're sort of growing larger on the inside? Okay, that's very, quite a common experience to have that one. All right, then at this time, what I want us to do is I want us to see if we'll all pray strongly in tongues and we'll focus, just focus your thoughts on the Lord and we're worshiping him. We're just honoring him and thanking him. I want you to see what happens in the atmosphere in the place as with one mind, we set our minds on the Lord, just fix on him, hold him in your mind. And you need to pray in tongues strongly. Again, 30 seconds and we'll do it as strongly as we can. And let's just see how the atmosphere is affected by that. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, stop. All right, then. What did you sense or notice as we did that? They're breaking through. Great, yes? Okay, anyone else? Breaking through. What were we breaking through? Yeah, we're breaking through the atmosphere that's present. 
or spiritual atmosphere that sits over our nation, over areas of our region, when you begin to give expression to the life of God, suddenly you feel release and you've actually broken through a, an invisible but real resistance. So what happens for many people is there's something sits uh, around them that just holds them down. It's working on the beliefs of the heart and it's usually demonically operated around those beliefs of the heart and it just holds you down, gets you in turmoil. When you decide to pray in tongues, it's like it all breaks off you. Now, lasting freedom requires usually deliverance and change in the heart beliefs and freedom from bondages. But if you will pray in tongues, I tell you, you can stir your spirit man up and become full of life. And when you become full of life, then power, there's real power. Look, I'll just show what I mean. Just come on over here again. Okay, just stand, just, if you stand there. Brian, you stand alongside her. I need a couple of catches this time because there's two people there. Now, I always want to show you something. If I was just to begin to pray strongly in tongues, I can feel my spirit rise up. And instead of being conscious of myself, become conscious that God is within me. So if I just lift your hands up to the Lord, just expecting to receive. And so I can then reach and God is with me. And the power of God is there to touch people's lives. See? The mighty power of God. So I just put my hand on her and touch her. And I believe that I'm charged and full with the Holy Ghost. And so the power of God can touch your life. Like that. And I let go something from inside me. And you could see it visibly. Now notice I did not put my hand on them. I did that intentionally. Didn't put my hand on so there'd be no pushing. You could see something is coming out of this person. There is a life of God. The hidden life of the Spirit is designed to flow out of us. Not to come on over, dear. Just come on over. Just come. Just close your eyes. Close your eyes. So just lift your other hand up to the Lord as you expect to receive from Him. And then I open my heart and inner life and I just sense the mighty power of God just flowing. Power of God just touch your life. You can just stay there and you'll feel the presence of God over you. It can be strong. It can be gentle. I've done it in a dramatic way so you get something visual that gets you thinking about we connect with the realm of the Spirit and we bring from within us, from the gateway of our heart, we release the life of God. As you come over, I'll just do it and pray with you. Just if you come there. See, many times when people pray or when minister to someone, we'll get on to this later on this afternoon, when people pray and minister, it's like because of inferiority and rejection and the lies of the devil, we tend to, oh, we'll just leave it all up to God. Well, God, just you do it all. Now, God wants to work through you, so you have to give yourself. So you are joined one spirit to the Lord. So if you withhold yourself from loving the person and releasing what you have to the person, nothing will happen. So if I was to go, and just blow, nothing's happening because I'm deliberately choosing to withhold me. But if I begin to think how wonderful Josie is and how God loves her, how God's heart is filling me oh, with that love, and something happened that time that was different. And what happened that time that was different was there was a flow of the Spirit. There was just a flow from within my spirit. Or... It could cut. We could do this another way. Just take your hand again. Just look up. Now I get her to look to the Lord, not to me. It takes the pressure off me. And then I look to the Lord who's the source. So we're both looking to the Lord. We'd expect something to happen. So the Bible says, have the faith of God. If you'll speak to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. And not doubt. Notice it. Not doubt 
what you say will come to pass. Then you'll have what you say. So notice it says it's you speak. So the power of God can be released by speaking. So if we're going to minister in healing and deliverance, we will have to speak. So power flows when I am connected to God and I hear what he's saying or doing, and then I speak. Okay? Power! And she gets touched by the power of God. Oh. Okay? And so we'll just give you one more last. You ready? This time, this time, Holy Ghost. Now, Holy Ghost, I just ask that you would come upon her and just make her drunk. Just fill her with your presence until she can't stand. Fill her, Lord, till she's drunk. Let the joy of the Lord, drunk, drunk, drunk in the Holy Ghost. And notice she's starting to get that feel about her that she looks like she's drunk. Fill her with joy, Lord. Fill her with joy. Joy of the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Fill her, fill her, fill her, Lord. Fill her with joy. Fill her with joy. Let the joy just rise like a mighty river. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, this is, this is exciting. We are ministers of the Spirit. You have something to give. Whatever God has given to you, you can give to someone else. Think about that. So the more you can receive from God, the more you have to give. If you experience His love, you can release His love. If you experience His joy, you can release His joy. We need to engage God regularly so we have something to overflow to give we're not trying to make things happen we're taking what we have so i've taken a long time to gain these things it's taken me time and effort to work on my mind and deal with fears and things but you have something to give because of that isn't that exciting isn't that great fun you have to try that on one another later on this afternoon <laughs> we well, see why not we're only going to practice we're just going to practice. And we're just going to experiment and explore what happens in our life trying to work with God. Now, what happens when you work with God? He's always willing to work with you. What happens is you become aware of blocks and barriers and things in you that you need to address in your journey with him. We have to have it all now. It's a journey with God. So on the journey, we're learning stuff. On the journey, you find there are blocks. And so you work to remove the blocks. Is that good? Okay then, praise the Lord. Peter, why don't we pray with you then? Why do you, why do you just, why don't you just come and stand here? Why don't you just take your hand, just look up with the other hand to the Lord. Holy Ghost, come on him too. Let him get drunk in the spirit. <laughs> drunk, 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 drunk in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Fill him with joy, Lord. Fill him, Lord. Let your presence. Now notice I've avoided touching him. We're just calling on the spirit of God to come, just decreeing it. You've got to learn to exercise your faith, not try to make things happen. See, if I was to just, if I was to, if I, if I step out of faith, then I'll try and make something happen. But if I, don't, if I don't step out of faith, if I just stay in the place, I believe God is full of joy. God is full of joy. <laughs> and I see that joy. Holy Ghost, come on him now, mightily. He's starting to feel the Spirit of God come on him. So, I ask him to connect with God and reach out expecting, and I myself reach out expecting and make God my focus. It's quite surprising what can happen. You know, it is quite surprising what will happen. You might like to try it. Would you like to try it?
You got trouble? Come on then. We get you pick up. We need we need two others. You'll do. Come on, one there's another one there. Why don't you why don't you come on over here too? Come on, that's right. Okay, so we'll just put you in three. Come on up on the stage. Everyone can sit down. And this is something you may like to try a little later. Okay, so there we go. Come on all up on the stage now. Okay, there we are. Isn't that wonderful? Three beautiful girls. And uh, thank you for being part of all of this. Now, remember that for the anointing of the spirit to flow, the anointing flows from within the person's spirit through their soul and body out to touch a person. So if your soul is in turmoil and blocks and, and argues, there's no flow from your spirit. The Bible says out of your belly flows. So your soul, your mind and thoughts have got to cooperate. I've got to choose to set my heart to believe and resist the the, the distractions. If I do that, then the Spirit of God can flow quite easy. He wants to do it. Okay then, so what we're going to get you, we're going to get you to pray and minister. And that will get you to come around here. You can stand in the middle. That's fine. Be ready. We'll go, everyone will have a chance. Stand here. Put your hands up. That's ready to receive. Okay? And you can be the catcher. Oh no, you've got a catcher over there. Oh, okay. We've got a catcher. You can pray for both of them then already. Okay then. So, so ask if you can practice on them. Absolutely. Isn't that fantastic? All right then. Okay, then just put your hand up here. Just, no, no, just, uh, just that little there, just uh, lightly there. So we're not going to push. Now, what I want you, I'll just stand with you to help you. So just, God is as close as I am to you. He's even closer because he's inside you, see? So if you can just close your eyes now, begin to pray in tongues. And focus your thoughts that God is inside me. All that power, the power of God, mighty God is inside me. And then on the count of three, I want you just to release that. Just you'll blow on her. Ready? One, two, three. Look at that. See what happens. Whoa, look at that. Okay. Oh, wasn't that good? You ready? Okay. Pray in tongues. Let your mind and heart rest on the fact that God is inside me. Spirit of God is with me. Are we ready now? You're going to release from inside. You're going to give your heart to her. You're going to release the life of God that's in you to her. Ready? One, two, three. There we go. There we go. She's been touched by the Lord. That's right. That's right. One more time. Ready? One, two, three. Holy Ghost touching. There we are. She's been touched by God. See ya? You can feel, you can sense the anointings all over it. Here it is. See? Whoosh. There we go. Bit of a delay there, a little while. Yeah. She was trying hard, of course, and trying hard tends to block things off. <laughs> okay, then wait, wait, wait. We'll get you to get the other girl to pray for you. How about that? You come on up here and she can pray. Come on then. Come up here. What did you feel when she ministered to you? You felt very relaxed. Okay, very good. We'd like to try, like to practice. Ask if you can practice on her. Yay, that's it. Okay, put your hands up, ready to receive. Okay, put your left hand just on her shoulder there, just lightly, just touch her there, that's right. Okay, just step in a bit closer, that's right. I want you just to close your eyes, begin to pray in tongues, become conscious, God is with me. The Spirit of God is with me. Mighty God fills me. The great God who created heaven and earth is filling my inner life. Thank you, Lord. On the count of three, you're going to release what's inside you to her. One, two, three. There you go. There you go. Look at her getting touched by God. Whoop, whoop, whoop. She's staggering. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. There you go. Looks like you can hardly stand up. <laughs> I shouldn't have. <laughs>
There we are. Okay, what did you sense? What did you feel? Yeah. Right, okay, right. Something forth from you. That's right. Was that a new experience? You have something to give. See, most people are waiting for God to do it. Rather than we have something, we're connected to God, and he works with us, and we'll release what we have. And as you do that, you begin to you become more aware how important it is to develop your spirit man, develop your inner life, deal with issues in your mind and emotions, so you have more to give to people. Fantastic. Thank you very much. That was good. Let's give him a clap, shall we? Okay, let's open our notes. We'll just do our last run before lunch. And uh, we want to look at words of knowledge. Words of knowledge. Number 16, word of knowledge. So word of knowledge is a gift of the Spirit. A word of knowledge is a manifesting of God. This is what a word of knowledge is. It's just a little piece of information. It's not that, that, you, that you know everything. You, if you have a word of knowledge, you don't know everything. You only know a little bit. So a word of knowledge, it just comes as an impression, a thought, it comes as a mental picture, still voice, and you become, you become aware of something about a person. You had no natural way of working it out. So it is given to you. It's a revelation. You don't work it out. So you don't look at the person, try and figure this thing out. You listen, and God just shares the secret with you. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And so it's like a thought that comes to you. So it's not accumulated knowledge. It's actually revealed knowledge. God reveals something to you. Uh, so what is the purpose of the gift? Uh, very, very, uh, there's a whole range of purposes. Uh, but when you have a word of knowledge, it helps you see uh, what in a person's life God is wanting to work on. So, for example, in counseling, words of knowledge are just so important because you just get something about a person and it's, they, and it's related to their past or their current situation. It's like their whole life starts to open up and you have access to minister into them. So word of knowledge can uncover uh, some details about a person's situation, and uh, it enables you to minister and help them very, very clearly. And uh, it, it's just such a huge asset to get words of knowledge because you know things that you couldn't have known naturally, and the person is so surprised, and it opens the way to minister to them, help them, uh, and, and so on. Words of knowledge is wonderful. And so there's a few Bible examples listed there. Elijah, uh, the king, the enemy of Israel, kept planning these plans to invade Israel, and every time he got there, uh, he would find that the uh, Israeli army was there already. And in the end, the king got very angry. He said, who's selling me out? Who's telling our secrets? And they said, no one's telling your secrets, but God is telling the prophet. And get this. He says, well, let's go get the prophet then. Hello? If God's telling secrets about army battles, you're going to tell the prophet about what your plans are too. So it didn't work out very well at all. So uh, in 1 Samuel 9, verse 15 to 20, Samuel received about 16 pieces of information about Saul, what he was doing, where he was going, his father, the donkeys, what God had planned for him. Uh, it's one of the most accurate words of knowledge in the Bible. There are about 16 specific facts that God gave him he could not possibly have known. It's, a, it's extraordinary. Uh, John 4.18, remember the woman with the, the marriage failure? And uh, she's just there talking to him. And he said, go and get your husband. And uh, she said, oh, I haven't got a husband. He said, yep, you've been married five times and you're living with a man right now. That is a word of knowledge. And uh, I remember uh, it's, it's, words of knowledge can really, they actually scare people. 
I remember being the first time I was in a meeting where words, I had no idea what words of knowledge were. All I knew was that man up there was calling out secrets of people in the congregation. And I was, I was overcome with horrendous fear. I remember, now this is how smart I was in those days, I remember hiding behind someone bigger than me, just going down in the seat so that he couldn't look at me. Because I, I thought if he looked at me, he would be able to see what was going on in my life or what, where I was at. It didn't occur to me, actually, God was telling him, and he could say, there's a guy over there hiding behind that guy there. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I remember one of the most outstanding words of knowledge I heard of was um, with Frank Houston, and they'd been having trouble in their church with someone breaking into their church and stealing sound equipment, and quite a bit of sound equipment had gone. And, uh, and Frank's a Holy Ghost man, and he, he was overseas, and he rang back the church, and he's ringing in the middle of a service. He's talking to his son, Brian. He said, Brian, he said, uh, God's been speaking to me. I've just been to a place of prayer. And he said, if you look down the back there, you'll see right down to the back on the right side. You see, you're looking right in the back side. He said, now go three rows forward on the right side. There you go. Now, is there's a guy, two in, who's got long white hair. He said, is he there? He said, yes. He said, that's the man who's been taking stuff from the church. <laughs> The guy leapt and ran. He literally ran away. But he had been the thief. He was the one sent. He'd come into the church meetings, case out what was there, and then later on come and steal stuff. And so eventually he was caught and returned the thing. Isn't that extraordinary? Scary, isn't it, eh? So, so the supernatural realm, when it operates well, is scary. It scares because everyone has this illusion that you're secret and you can cover everything from everyone else. When you suddenly realize, from God's perspective, it's all open. So he can see it all and he can tell someone. That's a little scary, isn't it, eh? It's just because you haven't had that experience. I remember we were in, uh, we were in, uh, in Nigeria and I had another one of the most accurate prophetic uh, words of knowledge. The, the prophet, had a, there was a whole row of people lined up there and uh, the prophet uh, had this first lady there and she was pregnant. And he stood in front of her for a little while looking at her, didn't say a word, but he was listening to God. And he said to her, the child you're carrying is not your husband's. Uh, and and she was shocked, of course. And and he said then he said actually he said that when you got married you didn't realise that your your husband had a low sperm count. And so when you couldn't conceive, you went to the witch doctor to get a potion for your husband. But he deceived you and gave you a potion that would turn your heart from your husband and bring you to him. This child is the witch doctor's child. And she just broke down and wept and wept and wept because it was true. It was all true. And so she was repented, she was forgiven, and, uh, and God touched her. And then uh, she had the baby quite soon afterwards because the baby was well overdue. There was a problem. So the, these are sorts of things that words of knowledge can do. Words of knowledge are stunning because they actually open up people's lives in a way nothing else can. When you know something about someone and no one but God would have known, they don't know about, they don't see you, they just actually know God is really opening up their, uh, their, their life. It's, it's, it's a dramatic, dramatic. I love it. Words of knowledge are great. And so words of knowledge are great in, in areas of counseling where you, have a, you can't sort out the root of a problem and, and uh, then you uh, just get a word of knowledge. Like I had someone come up to me and they were describing a certain problem and I just had the word occult come to mind. And I said, have you been involved in the occult? And we talked and interacted. Yes, there was heavy involvement with the occult and there was heavy involvement in the background with it as well. And I said, well, this is, this, this is the root cause of your problem, why you're having this particular struggle. And so uh, that was able to be ministered to. So how about that? 
Ananias received words of knowledge about Paul. Remember, we read that verse in Acts chapter 9, verse 10 to 16, and, and God was told Ananias, go there and go to, the, uh, uh, to that place, this street, that house, this man, and he's blind, and he's been praying, and I want you to lay hands on him. He'll be filled with the Spirit, and he'll be healed, and he's got, I've got a message for him. And so there it is, the, the prophetic word, the uh, holy of words and knowledge all flowing in together. Isn't this wonderful? Now, this is in the Bible. Start to look for it where Jesus did words and knowledge. For example, he's going into town. There's a man up a tree. How did he know his name was Zacchaeus? It's a strange town, strange people. There's a guy up a tree. Whoa, who's that? Now, he said, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to your place for tea. How did he know his name was Zacchaeus? Word of knowledge. So words of knowledge can even get names of people, dates, events, uh, specific things that have happened. God knows everything about your life. Now, that means it's a good incentive to get your life right. I remember when we went to this prophet, I remember thinking, oh, I was in the terror of the Lord. I think, dear Lord, I don't want to have him say all my secrets out in front of everyone. I've got to make sure my life is right before God. So the fear of God comes in that kind of situation. We were in one of the meetings, we were in there. Uh, I remember there's a whole group of us from the West had gone to this country, and uh, there was one man there, and the guy said, you're a businessman, aren't you? He said, that's right. He said, you're a leader in your church, aren't you? And he said, that's correct. And he said, no one knows that on your last trip you're involved with a prostitute over in this country and specified the country. He was just shocked. But it was true. Absolutely true. And so he repented right on the spot and got his life right. And, and it was, so we tend to think that no one sees what we do and no one knows what we do, but God sees it all. And when the words of knowledge start to flow, it brings to the light pieces of information, not to shame or hurt someone, but rather to actually help the person. So <clears throat> I, I would probably have done it a little bit differently than that, but in this particular situation, the guy came into a meeting where this is happening, and he came in with a sin hidden in his heart, and so it was outed in the meeting. Scary. So my first introduction to Pentecostal meetings was scary meetings. I was scary meetings, all right. Uh, I, so I was scared anyway. <laughs> because, and you, so you hear when, when the supernatural operates, you hear people use the term, it freaked me out, you know, because they can't understand how this sort of knowledge would happen. But it, it's words of knowledge, words or piece of information. So how does a word of knowledge come to you? Well, it may come to you just as a picture. You just get a picture, just come. You may just sort of see something. It may come uh, just as a spontaneous thought. You just have a thought turn up in your mind, and uh, just suddenly you have this thought. It may come as a, uh, as a you feel or you have an impression inside you about someone or something. So words of knowledge are wonderful when they come, but they come with a picture, come as a picture, they come as a thought. They might come just as something that just, uh, and very, very little, very, very small. And so when you get a word of knowledge, it helps if you ask for details. Just inquire for a little more. So instead of it just being general, it becomes more specific. And then we find that we can start to, the more specific it is, the more risk you take. But the more specific it is, the greater the release and the blessing to the person concerned. The words of knowledge. And mostly it comes as a very little impression. You have to ask God to give you words of knowledge. And when you get the word of knowledge, you'll still actually go through the wrestling. Man, I wonder how to say that and how, how can I share that? Now, most of the words of knowledge you get will be of quite a, a gentle nature, a simple nature. 
that the ones I've described were people operating in a profit office, and so it was a different level altogether. So, for example, Peter operating in an apostolic office, and a man comes up to give, you know, Ananias. And he said, did you sell the property? We did. Is this all the money from the property? It is. He said, how come you and your wife have conspired in your heart to lie not to men but to the Holy Ghost? While you sold the property and had the money, it was yours to choose what to do, but you have tried to lie to the Holy Ghost. And with that, he fell down dead. Isn't that interesting? Wife came in the same thing. So how did Peter know that? He knew it by word of knowledge. Peter was not worried about the amount of money. That was not the issue. The issue was hypocrisy. The issue was it was his property. If he wanted to sell it, he could sell it. If he wanted to give it, he could give as much or as little as he liked. But he gave pretending it was all that he had sold. In other words, he was trying to create an impression or an illusion of a generosity that wasn't there. He was trying to lie. And he said, you're lying to the Holy Ghost. And so it had huge consequences for him. So, so many times in the Bible, there are examples of words of knowledge. Anyone who flowed prophetically moved in a mixture of prophecy, word, and knowledge right through the Bible. For example, I'll give you uh, an example of this operating with Peter when Simon the sorcerer got converted, got baptized, and then he saw that when they laid hands on people, that power came. He wanted that power. And Paul looked at him, and uh, Peter looked at him and said, I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and the bondage of iniquity. He said, underneath driving that request is bitterness. And there's a whole crookedness in your life around the year of wanting power so you look good in front of people. So he was able to, with a word of knowledge, go right to the very root issue that was there and help the man face and see what his motive was for doing things. So that's actually like a dis- it's revelation knowledge, and it could be described as a word of knowledge or it could be described as discerning a spirit, picking the motivation of the man's heart. So it's a very powerful thing. Words of knowledge are great. Uh, one of my daughters served as a, um, uh, what do they call it, a responsible person or responsible adult, RA, in a hostel. And uh, she uh, had responsibility for the whole of the second floor, and she had to look after all the students, make sure that, you know, that there's no one in the rooms and that kind of deal. And she would, she would lie down and the Holy Ghost would speak to her if there was a guy had come onto her floor and had gone into one of the rooms. And he would just speak to her and tell her. And she'd go down, knock on the door, ask to come in. And, and, and so there's a, you know, there's a, you've got a young man in the room and they would be shocked. How could you possibly know? But God told her. And so she just took it and then acted on it and it opened up and the whole thing came out the open. It's exciting, isn't it? <laughs> you think you could hide from God. It's a bit scary, isn't it? But this is normal in the Bible that the supernatural realm would operate. It's a normal kind of thing. So it could operate around a whole lot of areas, around uh, causes of problems in people's life, circumstances, family situations, and, and so on and so forth. It, God can open up these things by revelation, can reveal. So when you're working with people, it's a great help if God gives you words and knowledge and prophetic words for them because you start to see things you couldn't see before and it helps bring God to the person. It's a wonderful gift, great gift. And it comes very gently, comes very gently. It's just like the slightest, least impression. So in a group like this, you know, there are bound to be many, many needs. And so we could reach out and say, well, Lord, 
you know, is there someone here who has a need? And so what we do, suppose we just, for example, we look at the area of healing. And we're going to look at how could I move in words of knowledge around the area of healing. So I'll just show you a simple way of approaching it. There's many different ways of approaching it. And then we'll just step out and see what God does. All right, so the first thing is we look at now, suppose, I, I, how am I going to get a word of knowledge? A word of knowledge will come as just an impression, a thought, a picture, or some kind of thing, and be very gentle, very light. So if I was to begin to just picture the outline of a person's body, and I would just ask the question, I wonder if that is, is that a man or a woman? Now, when you ask God things, ask always, is it this or that? This or that? So, and you'll feel drawn to one or the other. Oh, I, I think it's this. Okay. So I ask the Lord, Lord, is there someone here that you want to minister to? Then is it a man or is it a woman? Is it a man or a woman? Which way do I draw? I sense a woman. All right then. All right then, Lord, well, where would she be? Would she be on the right side of this room or on the left side of this room? Where would she be? Is it the right side or the left side? And just listen for gentlest impression. Gentlest impression. Say, so is it a man or woman? Is on the right side? On the is on the right side. All right then. So therefore, we know it's probably in this area. So is there some, so need now? What is the area? So if I just to look at a person's body and start to look just at the head and just and is there any part of the body I'm drawn to? So I'm just to look at the head, maybe the ears, the eyes. I just begin to just slowly, just mentally, just walk down through a body. Is there any place that I'm drawn to? Any place that stands out? Any place I feel, oh, there could be a problem there. So what I sense is this. I sense that someone has a lower back problem. A woman on the right side of this room. Is there any woman here around this area here that's got a back problem? And lower back is pain. And we would just pray for you right now and get healed. So who's that? And there's another woman here, and you've got a problem in your hip, in this right hip. Who's that's got pain in the joints? Actually, in both your hips, there's a pain in the joint. Who's the person that has that problem? Who's the one that has the back problem? If you just come, I'll pray with you. The back problem, you probably think, there it is. Look at that. Woman, right side, back problem. Okay, God bless you. So how long have you had the problem? Uh, about eight years. What happened eight years ago? It just deteriorated. Does the doctor tell you what the problem is? Yeah, I go to the chiropractor. Every week you go to the chiropractor. You've been going for nearly eight years or something, have you? Uh, on and off. On and off for a long time. Are you in pain today? Not really. Right. Yes, of course it is. Okay. So would is there something you couldn't do? Um, or would be painful to do? Not right. 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 You'd, so picking up things creates some difficulties. Yeah, right. Okay, like that. Okay, then. All right, then. So because the reason I'm asking that is to try and identify where the problem lies, how long it's been there, and then what is painful to do, because I was going to get you to do something that would be difficult to do. See? So, okay. But you can't think of it. That's okay. Don't worry about that. Well, can I just have your hand then? Thank you. And can we just pray with you right now? So look to Jesus. He's the source of healing. He is the healer. Now, we need to now, we know that because the word of knowledge, God does want a healer. This is a, a long-standing problem. It requires 
expensive uh, treatments with chiropractor. It'd be great if God healed her. So now we need to pray. So we've got a word of knowledge on the healing situation. Now we need to get to believe God for a miracle of healing. So you believe for the word of knowledge, then you believe for the miracle of healing. Two things. Okay? So I need to believe for healing. So I need to start to pray in the spirit and look to the source. If I focus on the need for her to be healed, I'll feel stressed. I've got to do something. If I look at Jesus, the healer, then I can become aware and filled with awareness. There's nothing too difficult for him. And I can then, at the right time, just release healing. We're ready? So I just begin to think, thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I'm just speaking out loud now, okay? I thank you, Lord. You are the healer. There's nothing too difficult for you. You're the Lord, our healer. I just love you. I thank you, Lord, that you desire to heal this young lady right now. Right now, I thank you for your power touching her. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I speak into the spirit of infirmity. I command you, release her spine, release her back right now. I break all witchcraft that's come around your life to hold you back. I speak and break all generational witchcraft. I speak and command that spirit of infirmity. Loose her right now in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Lord, we just pray for your healing power to just flow into her and restore her completely. In Jesus' name. Now, you notice as I began to pray, I started first of all to focus on the fact there could be infirmity. And I started to not just pray for healing, but consider the possibility there could be a spirit. And then as I began to pray into that area, I began to realize there's a cult and there's witchcraft. There's something that's been around her life, got on her spine and attached to her. So when I rebuked it, you notice the power flow was immediate. How are you feeling? <laughs> you feel a bit of a shock, wasn't it, eh? There we go. Did you get surprised how suddenly... Yeah. What did you feel? What did you experience? Yeah, just like release, you felt release. Yeah. yeah. And when you fell over, what happened? You suddenly couldn't stand anymore or what? No, I wasn't really You were like... over before you knew it. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Okay, how are you feeling? Just move around. Just see how you feel now. Okay, look for a chance to lift someone. You feel different. Okay, come on. Let's give a lot of great clap now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And they're wonderful, isn't it? See? Now you notice we are we are moving from the simple, you know, just ask someone about something to listening for an inspired thought. We're coming up to starting to get inspired thoughts, words and knowledge, and starting to look then at being able to minister to needs in people's lives. You see, it's just a slow journey, but it all works on the same thing, getting something from God. So remember what I did was, well Lord, is it that side or that side? Oh, maybe that side. That's all I got. Is it a man or a woman? Man or woman? I think maybe it's a woman. That's all I got. And then I began to look at the outline of a body, and suddenly I could see, I saw almost like this, like a glow or attention was drawn right to the lower back. So then I've just got to step out. Actually, there's a woman here on this side, and you have a problem in your lower spine. Now, if there's no response, I'd have to then get more information. So the person then is, it has to be me. There's no one could be, there's only one person could be like that. And uh, see, all right, now who's the other lady that's got problem in the hip joints? Might as well pray for you too. There's someone who's got problem in hips. I'd like to pray for you. God bless. Come on then. Now, I did feel it was on the other side this time too, so it's good. There we go. So there we are again. Just a slight draw, different side. Okay, now tell me a little bit about the problem you've had. You've had a fall. Right. Yeah. 
lower back, right, right across the back, yeah, right across there. Okay, so she had a fall and injured her shoulder, and uh, she was prayed for, and the shoulder was healed. But uh, since then, she's had this pain right across the back, and so stiffness inside. Okay, so it's painful to bend or anything like that? Yeah, it's stiff. Okay. Catches you, all right. Then. You believe Jesus could heal you? Too right. Good on you. That's the spirit. Well, look up to him. He's the healer, not me. You look to him and focus on him. Father, I just thank you. You're a great God. You're, thank you, Jesus. You're the healer. So again, I just center my attention on the Lord. And should I be praying against an infirmity or just praying for healing? So I'm reaching out for the healing power of God to flow. If I focus on the source that God is the great healer, I thank you, Lord, for your mighty healing power. In Jesus' name, I command this infirmity to loose your spine right now. Father, let your mighty healing power flow. Let the power of God just come right through her body. In Jesus' name. Lord, fill every part of her body. Just restore completely the spine, this back. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want you to just begin to move your back. Just see how you are. See you. There What's that? Hmm? Okay, has it improved at all? Is there any shift or change? Not at the moment. Well, we pray again. Never, never quit after first time. See? Jesus prayed for a man and said, do you see? He said, no, I see like, men like trees. And so he said, look up, and he prayed again another time. Okay? I said, we'll pray again one more time. So let's look up to the Lord. Father, we thank you. You're a mighty God, a healing God. Now, it's quite important that you don't get pressured to perform. Quite important, you just keep your eyes. It's God who heals. So it's his healing power we need. And so it, as you're reaching out now, you're asking, is there anything that would block, anything that would hinder? Lord, I thank you, the mighty God who heals. Let your anointing just flow right now. You speak into the spine. Command every part of your spine to come into divine order. I command this infirmity this, uh, to, to, to release your spine in Jesus' name. Father, let your power flow. Touch your Holy Ghost right now in Jesus' mighty name. Fill her, fill her, loose her now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Whoa, feel the power of God now. Okay, now just begin to move around now. Okay, now, what I want you to do is I want you just to begin to move and walk towards me. Begin to move like this. Just do the best you can. In other words, instead of focusing on what hasn't happened, just begin to take steps of faith. Okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, thank you, Lord. Okay, now, just begin to move around more. Stretch. Sometimes miracles are immediate and the change is immediate. Many times they're like a seed. You get a little bit of a shift and then as the person just stretches and exercises faith, thanks God, then it frees up completely. So you never know which it's going to be. You have to consider both are possible. Most of us just want it all to happen at once. I found many times nothing happens overnight. They're healed or sometimes they get a little improvement. So I ask the question, uh, this is the question I'd ask. Has there been any change? Did it get worse? If it got worse, I know it's a spirit. If it's, it gets better, then I, a little bit better, I know the healing has started and we persevere in the praying. I remember praying for one lady, a severe back problem, and I prayed for her, and it was in a group of pastors, and I prayed for her, and she got worse. She started to actually physically be in pain. And you could see these the gasp of disapproval from all these pastors. You have ruined her. You've hurt this poor lady by your praying. Now, she hadn't fallen over anything like that, but they just thought I had hurt. Now, this shows the level of understanding. I said, 
Better or worse? Oh, a lot worse. He said, okay, that's good. We know what the problem is. It's a demonic spirit, and it's now manifesting, resisting the healing. I'll pray again. You will be healed. She walked away completely free. But see, people don't understand that. Yes? Okay, right. Okay, read. Now, let's just move, move around a little bit. Move around a little bit. Okay. That's looking a little bit freer, isn't it? It's a little bit freer, isn't it? I just keep thanking God. And you see, yeah, that's right. And just keep moving now. Keep moving and enjoying your freedom. See, it, most people focus on what didn't happen rather than what did happen. Focus on what did happen and thank God and let it grow in your life rather than focusing on what didn't happen. When I was trained, I trained in physics and science and, so, and maths. And so my whole orientation was what didn't happen. And so I couldn't move in these kind of things at all until I changed and say, well, what has happened? Has anything happened? If there was a little improvement, something has started. Thank God and keep moving and believe God for the full healing to take place. Okay? Praise the Lord. Well, let's give the Lord a clap and then we'll have a break for lunch. <laughs> Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for everyone learning so much in such a short space of time. Thank you, Lord, for miracles, for healing, deliverance. We love you. We're just so glad you do these things. And we want to see and experience more. Father, we pray blessing upon every person here during this lunch break. We come back this afternoon. We want to see more miracles, more things happening in Jesus' name. Amen.